When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week, our guest is Aaron Clark, who is a private wealth advisor for Halpern Financial. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, Gary. Thanks so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it and for you taking the time out to, to build this podcast for those who are out there, maybe just need a little information. So thanks. Great, great. Thank you. So Aaron, tell us, how did you get into you know the financial planning, wealth management uh, arena? Yeah, uh, I probably have what is a a newer path into the industry. Um, you know, I'm a certified financial planner is kind of my my main credential. Uh, my background is actually that I started off trying to be an engineer. Uh, I was at Virginia Tech, kind of fumbled my way into the financial planning program where I, I was able to kind of balance the numbers, the application with the people and the personal side of planning. And so. For me, that's sort of how I, I found my way into the industry. Uh, the side for me that was was where the passion came from was actually just a, a family experience I had. Um, my father's set of parents and so my grandparents ended up in a Ponzi scheme, ended up bankrupt. So, you know, that drives the passion side of it and, and why I do it the way I do it in business, right? Feel independent. So that is sort of how I, I cut my teeth. And then you know, Career Steps um, Financial Planning Association. You know, just networking in there, meeting really good people, trying to align myself with you know with people where I could learn really consistently coming out of school. And uh, yeah, eight eight years later, here we are. So uh, it's been a good path. Right. Yeah. So you know, you had had the experience with your grandparents and and yeah. not getting so great advice. Um, and that's kind of what you got going. What got you going into into this field? But what is it now that, that, you know, gets Aaron fired up in the morning to come in the office to, to work and, and to help people? Yeah, um, it's actually great that you ask that. I, I think this is kind of the fine line of where, you know, for me, I sort of, I say this is really the duty of, of the financial advisor where we're actually creating the motivation for somebody to make the change. You know, a lot of times uh, the way our team works, right, we are building this elaborate analysis. We're building a lot of plan. Uh, you know, different actions that we need to take over time. But the, the piece that I think, you know, most advisors need to make sure they're focused on is actually getting the client to understand why that's helping them feel fulfilled with the way that they're using their money and then actually explain the importance of it to the point where the client is going to take an action, right? And, and this is like, you know, strategy, right? If it, if it applies to investment strategy or if it applies to not changing the investment strategy, right? Um, whatever it might be. Um, but it's really, I love getting people across that finish line where they take an action that really improves uh, their, their financial situation. 
So when you're meeting with these people, um, what, what, what are the, some of the common mistakes that they're making? Yeah. So mo more recently, I think the, um, the, the thing that I'm seeing is sort of like that recent, you know, recency bias, right. And like behavioral psychology, the, the market has been, um, if you look like 2016, 17, right on, it's been, you know, relatively easy to, to make money. Right. And so, in a way, um, you know, investment management has sort of become kind of like table stakes of financial planning, you know, firms, right? Everybody's doing something similar if it's passive or, or long term, um, you know, at least in like the fee only independent realm, that's a lot of what's going on. And, um, you know, I think what, what people are, are not asking is that they actually aren't asking, like, what is the business model, right? How are you doing the investment management on the business model level? And I see people mix up fee-only and fee-based really frequently. Um, it's a small detail right in there, kind of how those two might be better for one client versus another. Uh, but I think people don't understand the business model side of it. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's, it's become more uh, more prominent, right? Like, you know, okay, I'm talking to my advisor. I think more people are jumping on that train, which is a great trend. I think the question is, do they really understand the differences in the way that advisors are running their business? So, you know, you bring up, you know, fee-based versus fee-only. So can you can you explain, you know, what the differences are? Because most people do think that that's one and the same. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I like to kind of frame, um, frame this explanation, like with how the industry developed over time. Um, so I'm going to add one on. So, you know, we, we have fee-only, fee-based, uh, but also like the wirehouse model, which is sort of how investment advice started. And so you know, originally you look back like 80s, 90s, right? Wirehouse model was like really the, the pr predominant model. There wasn't a ton of fee-based or re almost any fee-only planners at that point. Um, and, and that model was was great, right? There some some corporation was making a product. They had people who were helping get that out to the public, and that was just the, the chain of command. That's how the industry started. And over time, that that rotated into fee-based, where um, you kind of added more of that fiduciary responsibility in. Uh, you were able to, you know, sell products that, that were being made by the, the parent company, but you could also, you know, have your independent side where you're managing outside of that. So that was, that's kind of how I like to describe the base is you sort of have to blend, you know, access to more things. But still, I think some clients worry about the conflict of interest that may come there sometimes. And then you have the fee only model where, you know, I like to sort of show the model being inverted, right? Like the client comes in and hires the whole firm. And then now we're going out to the public, you know, what companies are bidding the right price and doing the right things for you, right? And so we're kind of inverting the business model, um, you know, fee only being, uh, you know, independent fiduciaries really just hired directly by the client uh, and the whole team, you know, working for the client. So that's how I like to explain it. Hopefully that that made sense. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the clients are coming into you. I mean, at this point, um, I don't want to say we've totally come out of the pandemic, but it, it kind of seems like, you know, we, we've made the turn on it. Now we're dealing with what's going on over in Ukraine and, um, you know, with, with Russia and gas prices and everything else, inflation and so forth. Um, kind of what, what are you telling your clients right now when it comes to, all of this uncertainty. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for us, you know, our team, right, because we're so intentional on the actual financial planning side, 
most of our conversations are, you know, hey, well, we plan for these types of events to occur, right? When we're using things like Monte Carlo analysis, right? And, and kind of, you know, running enough sequences and iterations of different outcomes to say, okay, you know, this is one of those potential variations to where it makes it feel more comfortable. So that the conversation becomes more about, well, we've actually already planned for this, you know? So now, not do we need to react, can we be proactively taking an opportunity here for you somehow? Um, if it's a Roth conversion, or if it's, you know, taking advantage of tax loss harvesting inside the portfolio, can we rebalance? You know, should we be rebalancing because you're close to retirement? Is now a good time to do that? Um, but I think, you know, one of the, the big things, um, you know, when people worry, right? When clients worry, they, they'll call. And so the, the question kind of becomes, you know, should we be doing anything? And the answer is, you know, when you have a team in place, right, we're already doing it all the time. And so, you know, we're reviewing to see should anything be cut from the portfolio or not. And most of the time, no, right? Because we don't want to be changing the investment strategy, you know, from month to month or every quarter, right? When we set the strategy to work over a seven or a 10 year period, right? We have to, you know, kind of let that play out. And so a lot of times it's, you know, hey, we already planned for this. And remember, when we made that 10-year plan, you know, we want to be taking advantage of movements like this, right? So we're trying to train, you know, train that behavior to be, oh, hmm, everybody is worried. Maybe this means opportunity for me because I'm not in retirement yet. Or if I am in retirement, just knowing, hey, you know, the team has already carved out what I need for the next 12 to 18 months, right? You know, there's ways to, to kind of balance that. So those are a lot of the conversations we're having uh, right now. You know, and then obviously the, the walk off the ledge, right? Ah, I want to go to all cash. Uh, right. Yeah, I got to go to all cash. It's, why, why this time? Why, why not three years ago? Or, you know, remember six years ago when you thought that and, and we didn't and it, it worked out, right? It's okay, you know, and, and having that conversation of, you know, uh, stay the course, right? Uh, more frequently lately. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's always important, you know, for people to understand, you know, like you said, you know, look, we put together a plan and we put it together for a reason. And, you know, let's, let's, let's stay with this plan because you liked it before, just because things are a little bit chaotic right now, doesn't mean that you, that you deviate from that plan. And I think it's, it, it, that's even more reason to stay with the plan because of the chaos. Um, because I think most people, you know, when there is chaos, that's when they make mistakes. Yeah, of course. Right. And, and we all, you know, I think most people have heard, you know, the, the emotional, roller coaster of investing cycle, right? We always are at the top, we're so excited. And then, you know, at the bottom, we're beating ourselves up. And ironically, right, we're, we're doing it backward all the time. That's just, you know, emotions, right? They overtake our decision-making capability. And so knowing that, right, we want to we wanna reframe, you know, we want to reframe the financial planning idea into what we plan for this to occur, right? So what's the opportunity for me at this point, right? Can I take advantage of this? Instead of having to fall back and worry you know, from the fear mindset. Right. We, we try and train that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's one of the good things with, with both of our jobs that lots of times we try to tell our clients, it's like, look, let us remove the emotion from it because we're not going to me, uh, emotionally react to, to what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it helps. Um, granted, it's still kind of hard to convince them sometimes when it's their money, but, you know, we still still try. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are some of the big challenges that, that you see or that you're having now or, or you see coming up here in the near future? And how are you planning to overcome those those obstacles? 
Sure. How do you mean in the in the market or um, with planning? Yeah, just in the in the market or or, or you know just you getting clients because you know a year ago during the pandemic it was you know everybody was was on Zoom people weren't meeting in in person yeah. and and it, to me it's hard to ask somebody to to trust me with whatever the you know savings that they have in retirement when they've never met me in person and shook my hand and things like that so. Yeah, yeah, great, great question. So I'll, I'll approach from twofold. Um, you know, I think in the in the investment world, right? Like what's going on in the market? I think, you know, I think Ukraine is on everybody's mind in terms, you know, the Russian and Ukraine conflict. I think that's on everybody's mind. But I think, you know, the rising rates, I think, is probably more directly impactful to our economy that we live in and, and kind of how we operate day to day. So, you know, from from our side, we've been managing that risk for like the last eight to, to twelve months, really, like. As soon as we start started to see kind of inflation kick in, we started kind of adjusting just the fixed income piece piece of the investment strategy. And then on the you know on the sort of the the business management side, practice management side, um, you know I think one one of the biggest challenges is actually exactly what you pointed out, right? If, if you're not seeing somebody face to face and getting that rapport, you know Zoom can get you maybe seventy five or eighty percent of the way there, but there's just something about being in, in person right where you know when you're making a big decision like this you want you kind of want to feel somebody out and see you know kind of you know how that relationship might look and feel once this ends and, and we're moving forward if you want that experience and so yeah I, I think we've done a really good job fortunately of having zoom in place before the pandemic started we, we were kind of already using it to present our plans and sort of drive the conversation and so you know, we've, we've adapted that and I think that's going to stay, right? I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere because some people prefer it and, right. you know, some of our clients might not be local, but yeah, I think uh, in terms of uh, of driving the business challenge, I think it's just uh, it's a, the appropriate way to say it. I think it's it's focusing on the, the people where your message resonates, right? So um, I mean that from the angle more of like how somebody learns more than anything else, right? So there's like three types of learning, you know, auditory, visual, or kinesthetic, where like you're, you're tactile. Um, you know, if you're a tactile person, you got you got to be in the office, right? So, you know, if, you, if you're the person who needs to take notes and be in there and see it up on the whiteboard while we're explaining it, um, you know, that that's what you need. And so we need to just make that available to that person, right? If we know somebody is fine with a phone call, great. If they're more social, great. But I think one of the things we're we're looking at is trying to give our you know prospective clients, if they're they're coming in, or our current clients the the medium to learn and be educated during our conversations and the way that they learn and that's that's been really nice um so hopefully that'll that'll continue to lead you know more referrals in in through that process because hopefully we're raising the level of education you know that we're providing our clients that that's really right cool. right yeah yeah i mean we've definitely found that that uh, you know because again we were we were an early adopter of, of zoom even before the pandemic hit but uh, now that more and people are using it, we are finding that our clients like it better mm -hmm. when you know we're reviewing tax returns or doing things with them because now they don't have to ha take a half a day off of work to come in or, or you know take up their evening or, or anything like that. They can during their lunch break they can get on with us. We can go through it, get done, boom, and and they're and they're not investing as much time that they that they had to in the past. So it definitely has. Yeah. Has made a difference for us. Yeah, and I think we, um, 
it, it almost like allows us, right, as professionals to kind of like drive the conversation a little bit more fluid because, you know, in person, sometimes we can get on tangents, right? And like, because you're being sociable and everybody's getting right. along. And then you, you get to the Zoom and, well, you know, all of a sudden we have the power to kind of bring it back up on screen and recenter, you know? And so I, I'm finding, um, and you, I don't know, maybe you are too, but my meetings have become more efficient. Um, okay. not because they're providing less service, but I think the service actually, it goes up. Actually. Right. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah. It's, it's been really, really good. And so, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear we're not alone. <laughs> the Zoom seems to be around for a while. That's great. Right. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a couple of years now. Um, what, what do you know now you wish you knew when you first started out doing this? I think probably just, um, you know, it's ironic because saying this out loud might be the thing that would have shot me in the foot, right? But I think understanding the timeline that it takes to really start to become an expert in one area of the field, right? Um, you know, it, you know, you shared with me that you, you do, you know, tax planning, right, as like a predominant one of your services, right? And that being separate than tax preparation, where we're actually filing taxes. Um, you know, those are, those are very specific, right? And I think, you know, when I started off in the industry, you know, my angle was try and learn something every day and eventually you'll do all right, right? Like that's basically where I started. And I wish I would have kind of known, okay, it's probably going to take like seven to 10 years to really kind of get in the saddle, right? And really know where you want to be and be focused on and what your topics are. And so, you know, I think um, had I known this is the exact topic you want to work on, which, you know, like some of my favorite things is uh, things like uh, the estate plan, like you know, family LLCs or limited partnerships and like gifting outside the estate and how the tax plays in, right? And then, you know, back to that, explaining to the client how if they give this, you know, $5 million gift to themselves, basically outside the, their estate, they might save $40 million in tax. Right. You know, I, I love fun, fun, creative things like that where, um, you know, it's re really kind of flexing the brain and all the different levers. So I wish I would have known, you know, starting out, that's the great fit for me because then I, I could have just started there, right? And I wouldn't have had to learn everything along the way. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's what put me where I am. So I'm glad it went down. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, you know, I know that you you have started up your own uh, your own company where you're providing um, a, a financial um, planning um, platform for those that are underprivileged. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So similar concept kind of to what you're doing with the, the podcast, you know, it's just about sharing information. You know, it's not, it's nothing grandiose, right? I mean, it's basically like a blog service where I'm just trying to, to answer questions from the angle of, you know, how professionals would answer them. And so, you know, I've got some people who are, uh, you know, through financial planning association who are helping me write, you know, some, some of these content pieces and they're things that are, you know, people are looking for out there. And so it's just kind of a sort of like a pro bono effort at this point. You know, I mean, it, it's structured as a business, but it, it's really just about trying to to give give back, um, you know, with Financial Planning Association, one of the pieces is pro bono. And so, you know, there, there's no revenue from the business. There's no anything, right? It's just um, trying to make it into a forum for sharing the information for small business owners who may not really have access to, to some simple questions, right? Kind of like you pointed out um, earlier where maybe they're not, they're just scared to ask or they think they might get billed or, you know, they, they'd rather just go to Google. And so, you know, those uh, those answers aren't always out there or if they are, they're not 
complete, I think is the best way maybe to say that because it, it's not um, it's not all the way thought through. It's a little too surface level. And so just you know, trying to share a little extra value and, uh, you know, maybe help somebody prevent one of the big mistakes one day. Um, that, that's kind of the, the whole concept. So, yeah, um, small effort at this point. But, it, yeah, I enjoy it. It's just kind of keeping me busy on the side. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. All right. So we kind of covered a bunch of a bunch of things so far. Um, what have I not asked you that you wish I had? I think the best question to ask a financial planner is who's your financial planner? Um, that's like one of the best ones um, because I think most planners never actually, you know, ask for a lot of advice from other people. It's kind of like the mechanics car, right? It's like the last one to get worked on type of, of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the team here. Anytime I have questions about stuff, you know, I'll run it by the day. Hey, this is what I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z. What do you guys think? You know, if you were in our shoes, would you position it differently? How should we structure this? You know, all those questions, just being able to bounce them around. You know, our, our team is great because everybody has a real niche that they focus on. You know, if it's investments, it's investments. If it's insurance, it's insurance, estate planning, et cetera, right? So, um, you know, we, we don't, and I guess I should preface that with, we don't sell insurance products, but like, you know, we'll review it for clients type of thing. Um, but anyway, I, I digress there. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, just having that team in place to be able to lean on, I think is probably one of the key things. And so, you know, then maybe the, the second question would be, uh, if there's one piece of advice every person should have, what is it? Uh, that would be ask for help. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay to, to actually need to say, I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, uh, I blew up my tax return. I should probably have somebody right. uh, help me out. And I think, you know, for whatever reason, when it comes to money, right, that emotional side of the brain's kicking in and people think, you know, it's embarrassing or I don't have enough or, or whatever it might be, you know, and, and frankly, you know, I, I think all of those are bad reasons to, to not ask for help. You know, you should should ask for help if you feel confused. Yeah. You, you I, I always feel that that and I try to try to tell everybody, it's like, you know, build your financial team that you feel comfortable with with asking the asking those questions, because, again, that's why you have these people yeah. because they're experts in their in their areas. Just like depending on what, you know, for you, it's, you know, the, the wealth management side of things. For me, it's yeah. taxes. But if I'm an engineer, yeah, I think I understand a lot of things and know a lot of things. But, you know, I'm not going to know the tax code like Gary does or or I'm not going to be able to build wealth like Aaron can type thing. So I think it's important to make sure that you that you, um, you know, really do ask the questions and really do have your team of people to, to rely on and yeah, let them talk. That. That's yeah. the biggest thing I see lots of times people making the, making the mistakes is they don't have their financial advisor isn't talking to their CPA and vice yeah. versa. And to me, that's important because if you have gains during the year and your CPA doesn't know about it, how can they help you with, with any tax planning side of things yeah. or making sure you have enough taxes paid in um, you know, especially this past year, we had a ton of people that have come into us and you know, they got a bunch in capital gains and they're paying a lot in taxes this year that if they would have, you know, actually communicated with us during the year, even though we're constantly telling people, give us a call, let us know what's going on. Right. Same thing. We may yep. be able to help them, if not anything, help them figure out, hey, this is how much in taxes you're going to owe if you don't make any changes. Yeah, it's a lot nicer to have that notice uh, in November than it is, you know, two weeks before the payment, right. right? Yeah, no, it's 
So true. And, you know, a ton of people seem to have that issue over the last uh, year in 2021, just huge, huge gains across the board seem to be kicked out. I guess, yeah, it makes sense, right? You have the, the dip in March, people buy, goes up, and then 2021, you know, okay, time time to pay the tax again. So, yeah, uh, yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think some of it, too, from, from the advisor standpoint, you guys are looking, hey, I want to harvest some of these gains and lock in because knowing that, that something is going to happen with the market here coming up soon type thing. So yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love what you said, um, you know, back to that idea of the collaboration, right? I mean, you know, we're, we're putting together tax packages for our clients just to, you know, here's the one file, send it to your CPA. Right. And, you know, we, should we be doing anything with the Roth? And it's in, we're doing that in October. Right. So we have time, you know, right. those things work when, when all of the advisory team can work together, you know, tax planner, like yourself, the estate planner, a team like ours. So I love that. Definitely couldn't couldn't second that more. That's uh, that's the dream, right? The clients right. client say, yes, you guys are brilliant. You go for it, and then just keep us updated. You know, that, right. that's exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. So, Aaron, if people like what they hear and they want to reach out to you, talk to you, get get some more advice, how can they how can they uh, get to you? Yeah, sure. Um, so one of two ways is typically best. The first and the easiest is just to call our office. Our number is two four zero. Two six eight one zero zero zero. They can just call that that number, or of course, uh, if you want to read more about you know what we do and kind of how we work and why we do it that way, our website, which is just www.halpernfinancial.com, uh, you can find everything there, and you can even schedule a call, um, you know, right through the the website there. So um, we do free discovery calls. You guys, you know, can come come ask questions of us, kind of pick our brain. Uh, our big thing is just making sure people find the fit. So if we're not the right fit, we want to make sure they get to the right fit. If they need tax planning, right, maybe it's over to you, Gary. You know, if it's right. somebody who wants, um, you know, like a fee-for-service type of model instead of like investment management and everything else, right, maybe we'll send them to like XY Planning Network or something, you know. So we just want people to get to the right place. Um, so we, we try and, you know, best foot forward, everybody can come in. And, you know, if we're a good fit, you know, we'll tell you. If not, we'll tell you. Like, it, right. it's, it's okay, you know, so. Um, yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, sure. So I appreciate your time today. Appreciate you know uh, sure. everything that that you've said, um, and uh, hope to have you back again soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a real pleasure, and you know, thanks again for doing this, and and you know, the compliments of having me on. I really appreciate that. So, thank you. Thank you Gary. So uh, welcome back uh, for next week. And uh, this week, our guest was Aaron Clark, who's a private wealth investor with uh, Halpern Financial. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>